Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. My name is Sylvan, and I will be your host. Today, we're back in the beautiful WeSpace co-working office in the heart of Zurich. It's a busy pre-Christmas morning in Zurich when we meet with Karol Ackermann. Karol is an active business angel and investor, a member of several boards of directors, and also an avid supporter of female entrepreneurs. It's very impressive to see how she manages her different engagements and projects while staying calm and collected and is even able to take time out for an interview with us in between all this bustle. Together with Be Advanced, we asked our community about what they wanted to know about winning business angels over as investors. Thank you everyone for sending us your questions. Before we start the show, we would like to introduce you to our partner, Be Advanced. Validate your business idea with the Be Advanced Startup Challenge, a three-month program that offers a proven methodology dedicated to one-on-one coaching, focus workshops, and a strong network. All value, no bullshit. Check out their website, www.b-advanced.ch, to learn more and sign up for the program. Carol, a very warm welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's great to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Today, we talk about the topic of how to win business angels as investors for your startup company. And the first question that reached us through our community was from Larson, and he asked, why are they actually called business angels and not just investors? Well, business angel invests smart money, and smart is more than just investment. That means you offer them a network, you offer the, employee, uh, the entrepreneurs a network, you help them with market access or just your know-how, and sometimes you are a smart coach. And this is much more than just investing money. And besides that, usually business angel invest their own money, so they have skin in the game, and this is pretty different than putting other people's money into a startup. Absolutely. And what is the motivation behind such an investment? Like business angels, do they also want to make money or is it also more of an altruistic form of investing time and money to the next generation? What's the motivation behind such an activity? Um, for sure, it's, it's to make money and it's probably a better way um, than just put, letting your money sleeping on your bank account. Uh, partly it's also giving something back to the community by sharing my learnings, my whatever I've been doing in, 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 in my professional life, giving be- uh, feedback, um, encourage them to take the risk um, and uh, just enjoy the, the journey of being a startup entrepreneur and, 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 and uh, let's say show them what it means, but support them also in a, in a positive way. And the third part is also a possibility to be able to continue to learn. And there are so many new things coming up and there are no, so many new, uh, let's say, technologies, uh, projects. And as a, as a business angel, you, you are close to these startups. And when starting from uh, reading a business plan up to uh, at the very end doing an IPO, um, also, as an investor, you learn a lot, and, and this is just a lot of fun. Too. I can imagine. And is there any, you know, any mandatory skill set that you look for in order to become a business angel, or can actually anyone become a business angel? I think it's quite important that you are honest with yourself and you ask yourself, what can I bring to the table? And it's not a consulting mandate. I don't take money to consult a, a startup, and it's also not an education. Mm-hmm. So you shouldn't... Um, invest in a startup for for an education purpose. You should think about your experience and 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 uh, and what can you bring to the table. And and in my case, it's more building up new markets, um, knowing a lot about branding and marketing, uh, international internationalization, and you have to to make it clear to the startups where you can be of help. But you have also to be honest enough to step back. Um, whenever you see that the startups know more, it's mm-hmm. their business and uh, you shouldn't influence them too much, to, but help them whenever it's needed. That makes sense. And we also talk about that. There was also a question about how you actually interact with the investments yeah. that you made. 
Um, the next question comes from Bjorn F. And he asked, what is the best time to actually approach a business angel or a potential business angel? <laughs> Difficult. I mean, usually business angel uh, invest in a very early stage mm -hmm. because the amount they invest is also limited. So whenever you're ready, whenever you have an idea, whenever you have a team, usually business angels do not invest in single persons. They'd like to have two or three persons. And whenever you, you, you have, you put your thoughts together and you need money. So don't aim to raise money if you need it. Stay as long without money, um, external money if you can, but, um, don't waste the time either being too, let's say, greedy um, and uh, because I, I'm, I'm convinced business angel can help you accelerating and can also show you how important is, it, it is to to test the market in a very fast way mm -hmm. and uh, this helps if you have uh, a certain amount of money just to to collect the right resources to do all your your tests and and you put your minimum viable product together absolutely so what are certain milestones that you look for, you know, that the startup should have reached before they actually contact the potential business angels? Should they already have built an MVP or a product? Or can they also contact you before they actually have done anything, but just come with an idea, for example? <laughs> Difficult to say, you know, there are certain, let's say in a medical field, I mean, you don't have a many minimal viable product. Um, um, mm -hmm. But at least you should have some customers who told you that they would be interested in in, uh, in, in, in buying your product. And this is pretty convincing. I invested in two startups uh, where the entrepreneur made in-depth studies, um, interviewed a lot of customers. And one of the cases, she had thousand, thousand potential customers, um, on, on a, on a list. And, and this is pretty convincing. Also, the product, it was more a kind of, uh, let's say, a digital product and it wasn't, wasn't programmed, but this is convincing. And, and in this stage, you, you are able to raise money, even though you didn't sell anything yeah. and the product isn't finished. On the other side, if you just come there and say, well, I'd like to open, I don't know, a coffee shop. Uh, I think this is, uh, not really where, when uh, business are, angels are, are really the right uh, investors and, 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 uh, there should be something uh, which can be scalable and 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 which uh, has a certain amount of uh, of clearness. If you're not able to tell somebody in five minutes what you're really doing, and often startup founders they are still in in in, in a bit vague, um, then it's maybe a little bit too early. Then you probably don't know yourself what you're actually doing yet, right? Yeah, sure. So. Also, in, in terms of getting in touch with business angels, though, now let's figure out you have some traction and you have a good story to tell. Should you wait for business angels to find you, basically, or should you cold call them? Or how do you reach out to them? What's the best way to You know, there them? are many business angel associations. You have juries. Uh, if you go on LinkedIn, you, you find a lot of business angels and you have uh, CEO days where, where and, and, and matching platforms and matching events. Um, you have also a lot of, uh, let's say, gov governmental or let's say state subsidized programs where, mm -hmm. where you got introduced to business angel investors and where you win prizes. Um, there is a, a program called Challenge at B in, in Bern at B Advanced and uh, where B Advanced is involved. And, and I just think there's a, a broad range of possibilities to meet business angel. Cold calls, I wouldn't really be so happy if I get <laughs> calls on my mobile phone. Often I get um, mails from former um, startups I invested in. Um, mm -hmm. It's a closed society. And if somebody tells me, you know, I know this and this person, he recommended me. And I think this is probably the best approach. Whenever somebody recommends me and, and, and it's a person I, I trust, uh, certainly I have a look at the, at the startup and, and the pitch. And, and that's probably the easiest way to think. And, but also think about who could be the right investors. Mm -hmm. I think this is quite important. Don't shoot all over. Um, think about where you need help, where, where help is welcomed and, and search in this area. And um, talk to others, uh, other startups about the reputation of the investors mm -hmm. because uh, it, it's a... It's a long-term journey and, and I, I'm convinced if, if angels and, and, and founders do not fit together, if they aim for something different, it's very difficult because you go to, through tough times and, and uh, 
yeah, if, if they do not have a common ground and common understanding and there's no right or wrong, but I just think they should fit together and both sides have to reflect whether this is going to be, uh, uh, this gonna, it's going to work out. Absolutely. I think you touched several very important points that I would like to go a bit deeper. Sure. Uh, first, you mentioned the potential networks and also uh, uh, government initiatives. Uh, you mentioned Be Advanced. Are there also other initiatives or networks from business angels that you could recommend uh, our listeners to check out? <laughs> well, there's Business Angel Switzerland, there is Cystic, then you have VentureTick for sure, mm -hmm. you have Startfeld. Uh, Oh, there are so many. I, 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 but there, if you go on, there is a page. I think startup. Go ahead and, and search on startup Switzerland, and, and there are some some pages where you have a whole overview of what exists. What exists? They go beyond. Sorry, I mean, and there are so there are really a lot of, of associations, and 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 there you get the flair of of what exists. But I think really most important is first uh, think about what what do you really need and uh, and you know it might be fine just getting some money without any advice then uh, that's fine too and sure. there might be investors who are really willing just you can go through Investire which is more uh, let's say a distant investment you have a, a really great due diligence but uh, let's say you're not involved with these startups on, on a daily basis whereas in other cases, if you only have two or three investors, they are probably once a week or once a month at least uh, mm -hmm. together and, and, and discuss the most important issues. Yep. The second point is the personal referral. So from other founders that you invested in that they bring you new investment cases. At the same time, it's pretty difficult because business angels usually don't have their own website with a portfolio listed on it, right? Like VCs have. So how do you actually find out um, who invested in what company? And then how can you make sure that you get an introduction? How do you do that in Switzerland? Because that's still a closed society, as you said, and it can be tricky to enter that from the outside. Yeah, but if you go on, on, on let's say, if you if you look for somebody on, 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 uh, on the internet, I mean, uh, personally, I, I, I'm, I like to invest in, in a medical field. That's what, what I'm interested in. And, and that's also where the startups are. Secondly, I like female entrepreneurs. And I think this is, if you read what, what kind of interviews or whenever I, I, I was on stage, this is a comment and you, you can find this out. I think it's not so difficult to do. Then you look what the, the business angel has been doing. If he has a track record in consumer goods, um, he's probably the right person to approach if right. you have a product in this area. So I, I think within 10 minutes, you know more or less where somebody's coming from and, and, and whether he would kind of suit to your startup as an investor or not. So basically do your own research and homework. Sure, sure. Yeah. As, as I do as an investor or business angel as well. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Then uh, Julian Liniger asked, how do you convince a business angel to invest before the solution actually exists? And he basically compares Silicon Valley as where people invest a lot of money in teams and ideas without actually having proven or executed something. While he makes the assumption that here in Switzerland, you need to have already something proven uh, in terms of uh, being able to uh, convince business angels to invest. So what would your recommendation be to actually convince the business angels? I think it depends really on, on the area you're in because I think there's such a lot of seed capital around and I'm not so sure whether, I mean, I know so many startups without having any minimal viable product and they got uh, an investment because it's just a great idea. Um, I think it depends much more on the founder and the team. How convincing are they, and how 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 able are they to to show in a in a in a in a let's say in a, in a very short pitch that they have the let's say the the energy to to conquer the market with their ideas. Besides maybe having some some studies that the area they're in is a, is, is something which is of interest. Also in the future, often I, I see startups with, with some research um, that proves this is a very interesting area. Then um, they show that maybe they even launched a second startup, so they have mm -hmm. a track record. 
And I wouldn't say that it's much more difficult here in, in, in comparison to, to Silicon Valley. It might be more difficult to raise huge amounts on an early stage. Right. Um, this is true and, 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 and people are much more resistant. But on the other side, I, I also think uh, startups are probably a bit slower in, 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 in developing their idea and getting into the market. And I, I think this is, is the other side. You know, if you tell me I, I, I need a, a few hundred bucks, but in three months I tell you whether it works out or not, mm -hmm. this is another thing than, uh, than, than uh, talking about the three to five year journey and being yes. convinced that it will continue and continue and continue. And I think this is just a different culture. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's also easier, you know, entrepreneurs who were successful often invest again into into startups and since since we do not have this huge community there might also be a little bit less uh, less money around to be invested but in general i think seed is not the problem um, to get money in an early stage is really not the problem um, it's far more difficult to get money in a second and third mm -hmm. that's the the famous valley of death that we face in startup land right luisa also asked um are there any like three key points that you're looking for in a startup so, sort of that they have to invest or that you have to fulfill before you actually invest? You mentioned team and sort of the energy and the passion of the entrepreneurs. Is that one uh, sure. of the three? I mean, this is very important. It's very, very, very difficult to judge as well. Probably okay. the most important to judge, but uh, without the team, you know, it, it's very rare that the idea you had in the beginning is implemented. So you start to switch and, and if you have a great team, they're able to adjust. If you have a poor team, they fail and they continue, their, they stick to their initial idea and, and it will not become through. Um, there are programs such as Challenge where, where they aim um, to help startups to find very, very fast their market. They help mm -hmm. them to develop a minimal viable product. And this might be the second point. Um, I think it's very important that you have a huge market, that your idea is scalable. If you're only able to, to offer something to your village or to Switzerland, Switzerland is, is, is small and it's just, you will never um, be able to, to, let's say, to become big and, and, and also to justify the amount of investments you need to grow your company. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's say the faster you see whether your product um, is uh, has a, let's say uh, has an interest whether there is a, a need for your product or, or whether your product is is really um, well perceived by the market the better and the third thing is um, uh, it's quite important I think um, talking about scalability I mean one thing is you're fast the other thing is you have something to protect and um, either with IP patent or anything like that it's a, a, a third um, important aspect I'm, I'm looking at because um, there are great startups um, which might um, be successful but they're in a market where the winner takes it all and often this is who has the biggest marketing budget and as a business angel you have limited amount of, of money which means um, we, we are not able to invest hundred millions just to be number one and, and, and without making any profit and, 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 and to let's say to, to protect your startup for a certain amount through any, any, any patent or anything uh, helps as well. So mm -hmm. I would say these are the three things whereas um, I think the team is probably the most important. Very interesting. Aspect. Yeah. Let's look at them backwards. So you said the uh, entry barriers. Yeah. So in your focus area in the in the medical industry, I can imagine patents are a big play there. How do you deal with that from a tech startup perspective? Because usually there you have software, but you cannot really get a patent for it. How do sure. you then develop these uh, market entry barriers that would be interesting? Well, you have to be on? faster than others. You have to be very fast. And often, I mean, if it's, it's, if it's really complicated, I mean, not everybody will copy it. I think you just have to think about the business model and, and how mm -hmm. do you lock in your customers? That might also be a possibility um, to offer, let's say, 
um, a kind of a subscription model, anything like that, this helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you if you have half a year, one year, if you're one year ahead of others, let's say you're probably able to keep that for two, three years. And by the time the others catch up, uh, you're well known in the market. So also this fast speed of execution would be a good sign to send business angels the message, hey, we actually are faster than the market. And even in, in medical or technical startups, you sometimes there are others who are faster. If you look mm-hmm. on the amount of, of engineer the Chinese put on certain, on certain uh, let's say, also medical fields, uh, it's, it's almost impossible to catch up. I mean, we have, we have really smart people at, at our universities, at, uh, at the APFL and so on. But mm-hmm. um, uh, in comparison, I mean, we, we just have a, a, a few thousands in comparison, a few hundred thousands who are, are working on some cancer research projects. And I just have to be aware the market is not, um, not uh, let's say, local anymore it's an international market and the competition is international and that's why i think the faster you are uh, the higher your chances are and and sometimes you're overtaken by somebody although you're in the right direction the second point you mentioned was the market itself Uh, what do you look at in that area do you look at the total addressable market size or what's the kpi or the the metric that you actually look at usually usually it's really that the the total market, uh, addressable market, but it's also the the competitors, the amount of competitors you have okay. already in this market. Um, also, let's say the the development of this market. This is the growing market. You know, there are certain yes. areas which we, where the market doesn't really exist or is just very small. But you know exactly it's going to grow like hell, and and this might be a very interesting market uh, or make very interesting area to invest too. So it's not always the existing, but uh, at the very end, you have to sell your product to a huge amount of, of customers. And, right. and uh, either the market grows or, or it's already an existing big market. What would be a good market size to tackle? And like- maybe one last thing, sorry sure. to say also, um, how fast can you sell your products? You know, there are certain products mm-hmm. which have, uh, uh, which need half a year, a year just uh, to the to the point where you're able to sell a product yes. and, and you just have to keep this in mind that often uh, it takes a time and, and coming back on the market also business model, is it a one-time sale or is it a continuity sale? Yeah. So these are questions uh, which are important if we look on the market. So in an ideal world, you would be looking at short sales cycles, um, but also recurring payments like sure. mon- monthly or annual subscriptions. Yeah, ideally in advance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And then in terms of market size, what would be like a minimum market size that you should aim for? Is there any certain number where you say, hey, this is actually the minimum below that is not really interesting? Well, the question is also how much do you invest? But personally, you know, I'm not so much interested in in let's say helping the 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 baker around the corner to to start its business. but uh, as, as as soon it's a, as it's a few million, it starts to become interesting. And as an investor and a business angel, you'd like to have your money back. And and they, this means if you if you I mean you have to calculate. But if you need half a million, a million, two million, five million, um, just to grow your 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 startup um, on a certain stage, you have to make at least the equal amount of sales per year. Uh, if not, uh, you will never be able to pay the investment back. Mm-hmm. And uh, this has to be in, in line. It doesn't, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a, I mean, you aim for a huge market, but uh, I wouldn't say uh, anything beyond 100 million is nice to have. But uh, as long as it grows into a double digit market and, and, and with still potential, because usually as also as a business angel, you sell your shares before, the end of the market growth. And um, this means it when the startup uh, might have 10 million sales, 15 million sales, mm-hmm. something like that, and, yes. but still a potential. And then the first point you mentioned is team. What makes a good team from the business angels perspective? Oh, difficult. <laughs> I think uh, it, it's a tough journey to, to launch a startup. And I think uh, one of the most important uh, characteristic is to have the passion and the energy and and, and the willingness to to really go through this journey. Mm -hmm. Then 
team is more than one, it's three or four, and, and I think it should be quite complementary. Mm. Ideally, um, you you diversity-wise, but um, where you come from, what, what, you, what your education has been, also, and, and uh, I think somebody should, should take the lead, even in, in, in an early stage. Often you have three, four people coming together. I, I'm also teaching at, at, uh, at the University of Zurich in, in bioengineering, and often they, just, they have great ideas, but they just come together. It's a collection of people, and nobody really knows who's the CEO and who's the CFO. And at a certain stage, you have to decide. Although you might have two or three jobs in the beginning in, in sure. a startup, but... But uh, they, the rules have to be clear and, 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 and the function should be clear and also the responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I think that is also a very Swiss way of handling the responsibilities of saying, yeah, we all decide together, we are all like co-CEO. But as you say, from a, at a certain point in time, it's crucial that you have clear roles and responsibilities. You just, just do not have enough time to discuss yeah. everything. <laughs> and at the very end, you also need somebody who's responsible for the decision. Yeah. And... Uh, Sure, big decisions will be discussed in a team, but in mm -hmm. general, um, you're much faster if you divide uh, the work in, in, in three or four. Mm -hmm. And what is more important from a business angel's perspective when looking at the team, their education or their work experience or previous startup experience? I think startup experience helps because you're very realistic what's possible and not possible. On the other side, I mean, without education, I invested also in startups, uh, of let's say people who worked at big corporate companies or mm -hmm. had uh, had before their own company, and often they're also very rigid and uh, let's say not very flexible. And 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 there, I would prefer somebody who let's say comes out of university with all the, all the energy and and right. well thinks he conquers the world um, without already having this realistic picture on how difficult <laughs> it will become. So I, w I think both is important. Um, sure, in a technical field, you, you cannot catch up. Just And, and this was, uh, let's say, by the way, one of my of the mistakes I made. I, I was once investing in a startups and I was there for a certain period of time CEO and it's been a very technical startup. Mm -hmm. And we, I... And the team, we took decisions based on on advisors, um, based on, on professors, we which were part of our team. But honestly, I didn't really understand the technology, and this was also a huge problem because I never, I was never able to catch up with what somebody has been studying during the last ten years. I could ask certain questions, but you rely all the time on on, on somebody else, and I think. When you when you really launch and, and when it's when it's your startup and you CEO and CFO of a startup, you should really know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's far more than making 10 capital increase and knowing how a spreadsheet looks like. And I think there uh, sometimes people underestimate how important know-how really is if you want to make a, a, a difference and not just once but for a long term. Mm -hmm. And to what degree do you also look at or value failure, like previous failure when evaluating a team? I think they have to be able to judge um, their failure and, and, and to stick to their, to their mistakes. Um, I'm not so sure whether, whether we are there where we celebrate. I mean, there are these fuck-up nights, but I'm not so sure whether investors really like um, like if somebody really uh, screws up a, a startup and, and is not successful. But having said that, if you work with somebody and if you know the person and even if, if it, it didn't work out and we are, I mean, let's face it, I mean, one out of 10 startups is really successful and, and, and three to four survive and, and three to four just die because the idea wasn't good enough because the team didn't, didn't work out. There are hundreds of reasons why it doesn't work out. And this doesn't mean that this, this group of people or these this, this startup founders um, are, are, are not the right person to launch a second startup or a third one. Um, but then we come back again on the timing. You know, if you fail fast, that's far easier than failing slowly. Um, mm. You spend a lot of money if you fail slow. You, you, you just waste your time. And uh, I think if somebody would tell me, listen, 
we try it out and after four or five, I have some startups I didn't invest in, but I was coaching. And from the very beginning, I said, yeah, I'm not going to invest in your startup, but I help you in the beginning um, to put together your thoughts. And, and, and I coach you a little bit, probably more female startup entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy when they came back after four months. I said, listen, Carol, I mean, um, we did it now for four months. We have a market, but it's not big enough. And we're going to stop doing that. And I said, congratulations. And they looked at me and said, are you crazy? I said, no, listen, I mean, this is part of launching a startup. And the faster you realize that this is not the area you're going to be successful or not as successful as you think success should be, mm-hmm. um, the better. And I think there we, 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 we might, uh, as Swiss and, and with our perfectionism, always think we... We, we try to improve and if this doesn't work, then we, we try to do it such and such. And yes. in the meantime, I really think if in, in the very beginning, either it, it, you see that there is a market and, 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 and did you enjoy working in this group and, and this startup or stop and do something else. And I would also invest into somebody who, who let's say, failed as long as he is aware of why mm-hmm. and um, as long as he learned something out of it because... I think it's it's better to be realistic than uh, than to to start without realism. <laughs> Absolutely. The next question comes from uh, Roland, and he also asked how much of your investment decision is gut feeling, and how much is actually a thorough analysis of, for example, a business plan, financials, etc. If you had to split up that between a hundred percent, how would you do that? I mean, the approach for sure, you do the analysis and, and you do the maths. Um, but at the very end, I, I really often I ask myself, wherever can you be of help to this startup? Because if, I'm, if I can't be of help, I can also buy an Estle share. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is more than just being curious about what this startup is doing. You know, now I'm looking into cy- cyborg startup. I love this. I mean, it's just a very interesting area, but I'm still not sure where I can be really of help. I mean, I have certain areas and, and, um, and there it's, it's really the gut feeling. I'm convinced there is a market. I'm convinced you have, they have the patents. Um, uh, they have a great team. They have a great advisory board. They are very realistic. It's their third or fourth startup they're launching. It's an international market. So everything speaks for these startups. Check, but check, check. Sure. And this is all, uh, as you mentioned, uh, uh, but at the very end, it's still a gut feeling. Um, do you do it? Uh, uh, and it's probably where can you be of help and, and, uh, yeah, and are they also close enough? Maybe that's also, um, you know, close enough, not just distance-wise, but emotional-wise. Do you understand them, how, how they, uh, let's say, how they work, how, 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 how they approach certain things, and do you share also the way they do that? And especially in a, in a cyborg area, which can also be, let's say, it can influence your mind and things like that. I think it's it's quite important that they're not doing something you couldn't be proud of what um, they're doing. So it's also a very value-driven question. Sure, sure. Uh, because part, I mean, part is making money, but part is also giving something back and you mm-hmm. rather give something back into something where you think you do something good for society and not uh, just make people rich, which is nice, but uh, this is, uh, let's say, a part of. Makes sense. Beat asked the next question. So he basically gives you seven different uh, ratings and you have to rate the different topics according to their relevance of making an investment. So the first that he says is scalability. We already briefly talked about that. Technology. Third is sustainability as a business. Fourth is sustainability for environment. The fifth is creativity. Uh, Six is characteristics of the founders. And the seventh and last is connectivity to other investments. So if you had to rank them according to their importance, what do you think, uh, how would you rank them? I would start with the characteristics of the founders, because I think if these are the wrong persons, um, they will never become successful. And it's very, very difficult to change the the founders even later, once they develop the startup after four or five years, it's, it's still difficult to make a management change. But in the beginning, just forget it. So the characters, very important. Then I would go for scalability, technology. 
Um, technology and creativity, I mean, technology is more the entry barriers. Creativity is if you do not have any entry barriers, how creative are you in offering any solution which not everybody can copy? Mm -hmm. So I would say creativity and technology on, on the same, uh, probably on the same label. Sustainability is nice to have. Uh, probably be, I, I would put that more as a business, but also for environment. I think it's important and, and you will not survive without focusing on it, but just sustainability doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I think connectivity to other investments will be the last for me. Okay, it's nice to have, but you yeah. nothing you're actively looking for. I mean, for. I, you know, the profit the startup has um, that you invested in another startup is, I still see, limited. I think I would rather say experience of an investor being able to judge and help you in the development mm -hmm. than what he has been invested. Okay, that makes sense. Then the next question comes from Cedric Bollack and he asks, how can I understand when the business angel means no without actually saying it? I think that's also a very Swiss specific question that can happen sometimes because we don't like too often to say no. Well, you just said timeline and you ask him. I mean, you know, very often they tell me, listen, by then I need an answer because we have to do the capital increase and uh, be pushy. I mean, you want something from them and uh, and tell them by when can you. Often I, I see startups uh, who send me a pitch uh, deck, uh, not asking me really by when I give them an answer. Right. Um, then they wait two weeks and, and, and you know, I think... Uh, I mean, you, you put something relevant together, you put your brain into and, and it's just polite also to, from an investor perspective to, to give a, a feedback by a certain date and, and just ask for it and also ask. And, 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 and maybe I think uh, I would ask as an as entrepreneur also, why don't you invest? What's the reason? Can you explain me? Because you learn a lot. And, uh, and, you know, there are so many successful startups who had difficulty in raising money in the beginning. Uh, it does, this doesn't mean anything. I mean, just, uh, but you shouldn't wait for somebody who's not ready to invest. Of course. What would be a good timeline to set? So the first time that you send them a pitch deck, how long should you wait or how much time should you give them? And how often should you follow up in between to not be too pushy, but also to... But ask him. You know, that this depends on, on investor. Usually, I mean, I, in, in 14 days, I, I can give them a, a feedback, whether I'd like to have a second meeting, whether I'd like to have sometimes also a week, or mm -hmm. we make a Skype call or anything like that. Right. Um, once I go into deep, I probably need another two, three weeks just to elaborate a bit what they have been doing, to talk to other people, to some professionals. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I think the most important is that you, you ask the investor how long do you need, how much time do you need and by when and and once the time has has uh, has gone i would call them the next door over next day i wouldn't be assistant so first feedback after two weeks and then you set the timeline with the investors because at the very end it, it probably takes you three months or even longer you know i mean i'm talking now about business angel if you talk about vcs um probably takes a month uh, or even six weeks until they get back okay Good, yeah. But you know, for for a, for a private person, it's easy to say: Is this an area I'm interested in? Is this a, sure. is this a person? Is this close by, or is it far away? Because I'm not investing in in New Jersey, where I I, I have no access to to the yes. team. Uh, um, is it an amount they're raising which makes sense also to have some business angel? If somebody is raising six million, I mean, if I invest fifty thousand, hundred thousand, it doesn't really make a, a big difference. Um, and there are certain criteria you, you, you can check very fast and, and, and decide whether this is something you're willing to dig into. Absolutely. Actually, talking about the, the amount of business angel financing rounds, what's the, the range that business angels invest in, in terms of financing round, the amount of it? It depends also what kind of business angel you're talking to. You know, if you, if you go in, 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 if you look in these business angel clubs, you have often people who, who have been working for a certain amount of time and are now interested in, in supporting some startups and putting money in, in their startups. And, but there we talk about a few thousand, a few ten thousands. And, and, and sure, um, this is different than if you have, let's say, a more professional business angel, such as 
with a business angel or investors from brain to angels where we talk about a few hundred thousands. And uh, I, I can only talk about myself often. I invest three, four rounds. And then the, let's say the valuation, if it works out, the valuation is, is, is too high that it makes sense to, to put another 50 or 100,000 in. And, and it's also time then for the VCs to come in. Mm -hmm. And it's very rare that I only invest once. So uh, I think usually it's two or three rounds. Mm -hmm. And now looking at the investment process, so let's assume you made the decision to invest into a startup. How does the investment process actually looks like? Is a question coming in from Buren F. Usually, you have a, in the beginning, you have a pitch deck, um, and, 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 and then you have certain meetings, Skype calls, conversation. Then you have a, usually a, a platform for, for due diligence with all, all the important materials, such as a contract, such as a financial plans, such as a, uh, contracts, I mean labor contracts, contracts with suppliers, co contracts with uh, customers. Mm -hmm. um, then you have uh, all the legal contracts, uh, shareholder agreements, purchase agreement, uh, articles of association, uh, um, whether you paid the Mehrwertsteuer and the AHV, uh, so then some technical research. Uh, the, uh, I think I mentioned the patents or IP protection, anything like that. Um, maybe even a, a Strafregisterauszug, something like that. So you have a whole bunch of documents which are which you, and, and, and you have many lists of what's requested by by an investor or, the, or a business angel. Mm -hmm. um, once the investor went through all this document, um, for sure there's a negotiation. I'm usually you have a, 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 um, a, account, a purchase agreement with all the conditions and often there is a negotiation on certain parts, uh, anti-dilution or, 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 or uh, how much uh, option shares, phantom stock the shareholders should get and so on. Um, and then if you agree, usually you have a, have a signing and then, then you invest. Sounds simple, but there are a couple steps that you have to follow before. Yeah, that. it's not. Let's say it's not so difficult, but right. and, and the investor will tell you what what they need, and and and. But uh, often it's far easier if you have a let's say a, a database with all the impo important information. It just proves that uh, your startup is well organized, and sure. and you do not have to search for any cash flow plan or last year's yeah. reports or anything like that. Absolutely, and uh, yeah. One uh, point that is also usually associated with that are legal costs that uh, occur. How do you usually split them? Is there a part that the investors pay? Is everything paid by the company or how is that managed? It depends. Um, I think if, if there is something the investors really ask for, mm -hmm. um, if you have to change a certain contract because one of the investors wants it, um, I think it should be paid more by the investors. Um, if it's really just to set up the company, I mean, it's the startup sure. who should pay pay for it. If we have, if you have to tailor the contract in a way because uh, tax or because of tax purpose, anything like that, mm -hmm. um, I think you just have to be reasonable. Um, at the very end, you should not let the startup pay for things which are private matters. And on the other side, I don't think that investors, you know, if you need another legal opinion, for example, if you have a lawyer who's putting together all the contracts and you do mm -hmm. not agree on a share, share purchase agreement, you say, no, no, I want another lawyer. I, and uh, by the way, I want to have one of the famous lawyers in Zurich. I mean, you, you talk about a few hundreds per hours for such a lawyer. And uh, there, I, as a startup, I, I would be a bit hesitant and say, listen, I mean, this is your wish. We have a standard, uh, say, a term sheet. Um, if you want to have an additional opinion, it's also uh, up to you to pay for it. Right. That makes sense. And we already talked about the amount. And, that, and yes. by the way, don't go for, for, I mean, I have experience with different lawyers and <laughs> rather go with those lawyers who have some experience with startups because in the beginning, I mean, this is boilerplate really. And, and you shouldn't pay more than a few thousand, a few and not 10, 15, 20,000 because yes. then you're paying the education of the lawyer. <laughs> 
Are there any like good lawyer firms that you could specifically recommend for our listeners? <laughs> They're gonna kill me, all those who are not mentioned. No, but have a look on who's 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 focusing on startups and all those who have one or two persons or or even teams who who are focusing on on uh, let's say on uh, on helping startups in their growth and they might also help you with further investors. These are our great uh, great uh, legal advisors. Good point. Now we already talked about the amount that you personally invest in a in a startup over several rounds. Is there also like a certain amount of business angels that should invest in a, in, a, in a first round, in a first investment? Is there an ideal number? Because usually you do not invest all alone, right? You know, it's nice also as an investor if you're able to share your thought with somebody else, mm-hmm. um, which means two, three, four investors is a, is a nice group of people. If you have more than four investors, five investors, it starts to become more difficult. Yeah. Some work for the start, you know, usually you don't take any money, but then some do more work than others, but others have more percentage of shares and it already starts there with the discussion. And somehow I think also for a startup, you know, to inform all the time, all investors, um, I mean, you don't want to have an uh, investor relation department. Um, (laughs) You just do not have the time and you do not have the money. And it's far easier to have three, four big investors than having 20 small investors. That's out of the perspective of a startup. If we talk about out of the perspective of a business angel, um, it makes much more sense to have probably 10 or 20 investments than just one investment because of the risk associated to it. Mm-hmm. So it depends a bit on who, who we're looking for. But personally, I like to invest in, in startups where in the beginning you have four, five, six. You know, if you have investors, and, and it's this, this might be another recommendation, if you have business angels who have know-how in this area, who are of help in this area, either they know the market or they know the, the let's say, the, the technology, um, I would be rather open supporting their investments, even if the amount is smaller mm-hmm. than usually expected. But uh, that's part of the negotiation. And I would be open to also to to bring them in. Often you have also individuals from VC companies who are interested in investing privately in the beginning because the company is too small to accept the VC and doesn't want to have a VC in the very beginning. But uh, this helps you also for further funding. So this is something you should think about as well. How connected are these uh, business angels? How, well, let's say, potential are these business angels because there's nothing worse than then uh, um, uh, uh, not having enough money to survive the next month. And right. if you have a nice group of investors there, they help you. Mm-hmm. So this first round that you do is then probably between 100,000 and 500,000 for the first investment. Yeah. A very important part there is also the valuation. And Max Grossenbacher asked, is there any other method than the discount the cash flow, which is sort of projecting for the future? How do you actually value the startups that you invest in? Because that's also important to calculate how many shares you get, right? Well, often you calculate how many rounds are still needed to get to a certain stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, based on the valuation you have, um, how, uh, let's say, uh, what's the potential multiple uh, multiple or or investment uh, return rate for you as an investor. Mm-hmm. And, and if you see that the valuation is, is too high and you need another two, three rounds, and, and, and also you have to reflect on how, how big are these rounds, and then you see pretty soon whether this investment makes sense or not. Mm-hmm. This is another approach. A third approach I know is um, that people just say we have been working for this, this idea for the last two or three years and we didn't have another job or we, 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 that's been our, uh, let's say, our study at university for the last five years. Um, and they just charge uh, a decent salary, which sums up to a few hundred thousand. Um, that's also a possibility, just, let's say, having worked for this startup and then you add something. Mm-hmm. Then there are some founders who say each, each member of a team is worth a million. And at the very end, you know, you end up probably, it's very hard to find a startup who has a valuation nowadays below 1 million if you have the idea and, and, and the market. Right. 
And it's very rare that you invest in a startup the first time who, with a valuation higher than five, six million. Right. So that's and, and that's the range. And at the very end, you end up three, three maybe four million. Often um, you have a clause that the second round depends on certain milestones. And if you achieve the milestones, um, the valuation is, is, is slightly higher. If you do not achieve, you get more shares, things like that. Right. And as a sort of a new way of financing that is uh, getting more and more popular in Switzerland is the convertible note. What do you think about convertible loans versus direct equity investments? Do you have any preference or doesn't that really matter to you? Usually with the discount, you have to do convertible usually with a discount. You know, it depends if, if you are aiming, I'm just involved now in one of the startups where we do a convertible because we aim for a large round, oh, mm-hmm. two, three million, but we do not have the time to wait until February, March, which means we, we raise half a million um, with the convertible, 20% discount, um, just to be sure to have enough money, not being stressed, and, 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 and then convert everything together with, with those who come. Uh, in a bigger round. Mm-hmm. There it makes sense. So it's more of a bridge uh, exactly. option. That's where I'm, I'm, let's say, involved. I know convertibles. Um, I, I, I actually, where, where I invested my first money in, we had convertibles mm-hmm. with interest rates combined. Okay. Um, and this was very expensive for the startup or the company. And uh, you know, at the very end, if the company doesn't doesn't do well, your money is lost independently, whether it's equity or or or, or debt. Yeah. So now let's also look after the investment period. Um, Helova Helena asked, how do you actually work with your startups after you made an investment? What is the common work method or work check-in uh, process there? There is no common, I, I mean, it depends on the startup. You know, I'm, let's say I expect a, a certain amount of information. This can be on a, on a quarterly base. Um, this can be a, a call, this can be a meeting, anything. And I expect uh, after a year, sooner or later, some figures. Um, anything else is depends on the startup. You know, if the startup is interested in, in, in getting some support, I'm, I'm very happy to help them. But I, I'm, I don't see the startups as as, uh, as something where I have to do any controls or anything like that. I, it, the, the business has to be run by the, the startup founders. Sure. But this leads into in, in, into let's say into a work collaboration where with some startups in the beginning you have a very close collaboration. Um, because they need certain certain information, they they aim for more funding, or they they want help, some introduction into some areas, people, or so on. And on a certain stage, then they are very far away from you because they they just work on their on their business. Yeah. And 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 in in different stages, you are closer or further away. And um, and this is fine. This is, uh, let's say, unless you are in a board or an official where you have an official function there, sure, you meet on a regular basis. Is it actually common that the business angels that invest then also join the board? Like some of them, all of them, just one of them? How does that work? Often the investor is, is let's say, um, reflected or has a position in the board because uh, that's a way of, of being able to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say controlling because at the very end, the startups do what, what, what's needed mm-hmm. and uh, it's their business, but uh, you have better access. Um, I wouldn't say that uh, I think you. it's the same with uh, as if you have a team, you know, at the very end, you have to think who's helping me and, and what are, what's the know-how of this, of this potential, um, potential board members and, and how willing are they, uh, what's their expectation. Um, you know, you don't need a controlling board. Um, you need somebody who, who, let's say, a helping board or, or a, 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 a supporting board and, and uh, there you have to think what makes sense. And maybe in the beginning, the, the founders do not know too many people and they're happy to have two or three, let's say, uh, business angel helping them. Mm-hmm. On the other side, uh, 
I think uh, startups should really reflect on, 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 on what they're doing and, and stick to what they think is important and they shouldn't be overruled by the investors because mm -hmm. at the very end it's also their, their startup and, and their success or their failure. And uh, listen but, uh, but think and do what you think is best and don't follow just the guidance of, uh, of other people. I think that's a perfect transition to the next question. What separates the, the great from the good or the average founders when actually working with investors or with business angels once you have them on board? Because here I think yeah. you can really see big differences on how they operate and how they also manage their investors. They, well, they, they use, not negatively, they use the know-how and, and the money of the investors, but they, um, they use it and, and they do the best out of it. But they do not, let's say, uh, follow blind what they recommend because each startup is in a different situation and, and what has been true for the investors might not be true for the startup founders. Right. Market change, technology changes, um, there is a different set of, of people coming together and uh, at the end you ha very end you have to take the responsibility as a founder or a founding team yourself and mm. you shouldn't rely on anybody else absolutely and one last question from beat he asks if you're looking 50 years back it's a bit of personal question but very interesting if you're looking 50 years back no one would have been able to see the internet coming up so quickly and now the world is much more complex and still rapidly changing how do you keep yourself up to date besides the startup investments that you do to sort of spot new trends and uh, see what's coming? You know, I think I'm, I'm very much driven by, by, uh, by learning and, 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 and trying out new things. And, and that's why uh, once or twice a year I, I go to seminars. Uh, I, I read a lot of, really a lot of newspapers and uh, newsletters and I probably spend one hour to two hours a day reading, <laughs> reading uh, uh, news and, uh, and, and uh, in a very broad way, you know, I, I mean, I'm reading obviously newspapers such as NZZ and Finanz und Wirtschaft, but uh, there might also be bond uh, eins, uh, there might be something, there are great American newsletters, there's a newsletter from Miriam Meckel, there is a, a newsletter from Singularity, you know, there's such a broad... Um, it's actually almost too much, but uh, I like uh, I like exposing myself to to new developments, and I think it's also quite important to let's say not just stick into your area, but open uh, open yourself and 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 and, uh, and learn something new. And uh, last summer I was uh, I was uh, doing an online course on on sustainability. Um, on university and, and this, these are things and very often when I go to education I combine it somehow with, with an education part because I'm, I'm just curious and I think it's great uh, if you have the pri privilege to, to be able to learn new things and, and to get information and nowadays you can get it on a worldwide level that's just great always keep learning yeah I think this is, is one of the most important uh, characteristics to be successful in the future because uh, what we learned at school or at university um, helps a bit. But uh, if, you, if you stay on, on the level you have been, uh, very difficult to stay successful. 100%. So these were all the questions that we have received from our community. Is there anything else that you would like to add to this topic that we have not talked about yet? Maybe one topic we, we didn't really cover and, 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 and it goes a bit in, in what I, I told you I've been doing the last, uh, last summer is the issue of sustainability and, and community. And I, I really think uh, it's, it's quite important that uh, as a business angel, but in general also as an investor, that uh, you earn money, but you earn money in a startup or a company you're investing in, you can be let's say, proud of and look into the mirror. And I think, uh, um, yeah, to, to focus on, 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 on startups where you do something good, this can be in a medical field, but also in, a, in any other field where you, where you do something good for yourself, money-wise, but also something good for society, mm -hmm. I think is, a, is, a, is something that's coming 
up more and more and is something that uh, is uh, one of the criteria when I'm investing into a startups, which is uh, has more and more priority. I think that's a beautiful way of end the episode. Thank you so much for your time and the valuable insights, Carol. And we wish you all the best and lots of success for the future. Thank you, Silvan. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the content, we would be thrilled to receive your rating on Apple Podcasts. That way you not only support Swisspreneur, but also help other entrepreneurs discovering the show and finding more valuable information on how to run their businesses. Next week, we will already be back with an all new episode of the Swisspreneur Show. So we hope to see you again then for a new episode.